0: On most days, I sound like TV static, like soft rain on a breezy night, hiding in the background, hoping to hide and stay inconspicuous, hoping to drown out those unwanted thoughts, the ones that keep buzzing in your ears like a mosquito at night. Do not believe my silences. Do not believe my silences to be signs of a vacant mind, for my mind is the vibrant kitchen. Smelling of tea leaves and cake and ideas and passion, do not believe my grace. Do not believe my grace, for they are just a cover for the dazzling rainbows inside. Listen closely. My static sounds like stolen kisses and smiles in the silence of the night. My static is a cover for the happiest mayhem you shall ever know. Because you, you're a school corridor bursting with chatter between classes. But I, I'm a library, bubbling with books of singing poets inside
1: hi and welcome back to another exciting episode of sywk podcast my name is desmond and i'm happy to collaborate with the book bakers and locksley hall publishing for today's episode i have an amazing author who has written a beautiful book called a vibrant autopsy it's a sensitive though provoking poetry collection and for sure You will enjoy and love reading it in this episode you will get to know more about the book and also the author has beautifully narrated a few poetries from it so listen till the end because you're going to enjoy our conversation if you're looking for something beautiful and meaningful to read you must check out this book which is called a vibrant autopsy the book link is available in the description also if you enjoy our conversation please don't forget to like share and subscribe to this channel. It will really help us get such amazing content. Now, without wasting any time, let's welcome the author and my guest, Sana Singh. So welcome Sana Singh to my podcast channel, SYWK. It's an honor to speak to you and talk about your book, A Vibrant Autopsy.
0: Thank you so much, Jasmine. it's an honor to be here.
1: Yes, I'm, I'm really excited because This is my uh, first time interviewing an author who has written a poem, you know, because normally I interview all authors who have written horror stories or different kinds of stories. But this is really exciting for me because as I was telling you before the recording, you know, I'm not a reader, but I got introduced to this community and I'm, you know, enjoying reading. So now it's, uh, for me, it is a new genre where I can start reading poetries as well. So, before talking about your book, if you can tell us about your journey and if if you can introduce yourself to our listeners.
0: So, I am a marketing manager and I have been writing since I was a child. So, writing is something that comes naturally to me. I'm not someone who expresses herself as easily while speaking as I do, you know, when I'm writing.
1: Hmm.
0: Yeah, so. It just—it's a form of catharsis for me. It just happens naturally.
1: That's nice. That's nice. So now, if you can—if you can tell us the top three things about your book, which will make it a must-read for our listeners.
0: So there are no top three things about it. Hmm. I'll just explain the themes of the book. Sure. It starts with the first section of the book is titled "I Wonder." It has uh, pieces that are filled with wonder, as in curiosity. It has poems that talk about where do the missing socks go and, you know, take you on a journey of innocence of asking questions of looking at the world daydreaming, and then uh, we come to the second section. So I think I've tried to capture the journey of being human in my book. Hmm. At first you look at the world, you observe the world, and then you come to your own self. So the second section is titled, I feel. In the section called, I feel, I've tried to touch upon all the different feelings that a human being experiences. It doesn't have only say poems on love or heartbreak or hope. I've tried to touch all emotions. I personally feel that, you know, I out of all the qualities which anyone can have, I'm in love with the quality of honesty. And I feel that a part of living an honest life is really treating all emotions as they are. You know, you don't have to drown in an emotion, you don't have to suppress it, you just acknowledge it. So you'll find uh, different pieces in every emotion. You'll have uh, pieces, You like there's a piece called Lunch Date With My Demons, in which I am uh, sitting with my anger and my fear and sadness and depression and all of us are having the chat, (laughs) so (laughs) that's just uh, something that will be there in this section. Mm. Now after feelings, uh, we move on to longing. I believe that every human being has this deep longing in in themselves to be something more than what they currently are. Mm. You can long to be in love, you can long to belong to your people, you can long to merge with the divine, you can long to create art and express yourself. So, there are pieces on different forms of longing. Mm. And uh, I'm not sure if you're a spiritual person. I call myself curiously spiritual. So, I've uh, had my, I've I've read quite a bit of uh, religious scriptures from across religions. And I find that longing features a lot in our prayers too, right? Correct. We long to meet that light (laughs) form of God, the universe. So, that's what's captured in I long and then we come to the last portion of the book called I am in which, you know, um, there are glimpses of understanding who we really are beneath all that social conditioning after we forget who we were supposed to be
1: that is quite interesting so you have basically four parts i wonder i feel longing and i am so if if i can ask you to read something from your book from all the parts from starting from i wonder then it i feel longing and i am so it will be more interesting for our listeners to you know get to hear the Thing from the author itself.
0: From the part called I Wonder, I'll choose a short poem. Hmm. It's called Where Do the Missing Socks Go? Where do the missing socks go? Do they hide with the dreams that I forgo? Does my mother use them to wipe off the glittery mess that I leave at the painting table? Did I lose them at the park? The time when I swung to touch the skies and etch fluffy clouds floating in turquoise, in my restless mind. Where do the missing socks go? Did they always want to be free? Is that why they keep sliding down, my legs dabbed with sunscreen? Why do I forget so much, where I kept my spectacles and if I locked my door? But don't forget sadness, when I'm alone. I stare at a mismatched pair in my drawer, And they look back at me, so sadly. Did I lose their better halves? Do they feel incomplete and blame me? So I take some paint and sit down to work. I'm making sock puppets of socks mismatched. Every sock has a purpose. No sock doubts her existence. Not on my watch.
1: Wow, 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 wow. Such a nice (laughs) way way of uh, putting it down. Before going ahead, the first part what you narrated does it have many meanings or it it will have only just one meaning? Because what I understood was that okay, chalo, ek socks nahi hai, to fir bhi dusra ka socks is there, like that person is still there. Like I'm giving an example of a person. Like does it mean the same thing or I am understanding something else?
0: I think the beauty of poetry is that everyone has a different understanding of the poem. Okay. And uh, actually, what you're saying is something which I wanted to express as well. Mm. I wanted to express, you know, the childlike wonder bit of it, leading Mm. to introspection. Mm. Because uh, at the end of the day, a lot of human beings, you know, today, all of us, I think we detest being alone. Mm. Yet, in our era, you know, a lot of things don't work out and people are alone. Hmm. So, you know, it's a piece that starts with wonder. It starts with wondering that, you know, do your socks even want to be on your feet? Is that why they keep sliding down? Hmm. Do they want to be free? Hmm. And then you end on a note saying that, you know, even if you're a mismatched sock, you know, even if you're, you're, you're like a sock that has lost his or her better half you you can still be a sock puppet yeah you can still have your own identity and be happy you don't have to lose your sense of purpose
1: yeah it, because when i was listening it it took me to a different zone where i was thinking about uh, you know two people and then when they get separated how even uh, even after getting separated they can still live their life it's not that you know, if you get separated, your life is over or something. This is what I have understood. I hope I'm not wrong in, in my understanding.
0: So the thing is, nobody is wrong. When you're mm. reading a poem, the whole point is that it moves you in some way. Mm. Because for you, it can be uh, for you and for me and you know, for somebody else, it can be, you know, a piece that talks about uh, strength and individuality in being by yourself and you know, you don't lose your purpose just because you don't have someone by your side. Mm. For somebody else, it can just be a lighthearted poem, mm. and that and that's how I've tried to keep it. I I because you know uh, I think there are so many times where you know you're in a different mindset. If you don't want to read something very heavy, it won't be you know just in your face. Ah, okay. <laughs> It'll leave you who, you know, with something to think about, hmm. but it will also be, you know, sort of a lighthearted read with just a different perspective on things.
1: Hmm. So that is, this is a uh, very interesting part about your book because every reader will assume and feel something different, that's, that's, that's something nice and interesting. So <clears throat> now let's go to the next part which is I feel. I hope so we can I feel love. this as well when we are <laughs> listening to you.
0: So uh, I'll read out this, this piece called How does it feel to be orange? How does it feel to be orange? To be the brightest, warmest part of the family fireplace and have hands reach out to you to borrow your warmth. How does it feel to be orange, to expand like liquid honey, like air, like love and dissolve in the lungs of men, to be like the first kiss of love and be the apricot blush hanging above nectar-like smiles. How does it feel to be orange, asks Blue. How does it feel to touch the reds of the rainbow and live a spirited life, seeping with joy, instead of being trapped in snow-capped peaks, admired from a distance, but rarely known? How does it feel to dance as the sun kisses the earth and colour men with light-hearted smiles, and not sit in the silence of the space above the clouds, at the bottom of the ocean, watching life pass you by. To be orange is to burn till you're blue, he said. Every flame has a blue centre, coated with peach. To be orange It feels like the passionate kisses of the night that merge into the peaceful turquoise morning embraces. It feels like the restless urge to write that translates to blue ink on parchment. It feels like a teary-eyed smile like the bright day that knows that it can rest in the arms of the night. Like the eager fires of youth that melt into the deep oceans of age. There is a time to toil and a time to rest. Like the sun, the orange sun burning during the day so he can dissolve into the deep blue sunset.
1: That was something completely different as compared to what you narrated before. And this is all about feeling and yeah, that is, that is really nice. If you can explain more about this. So be... this
0: is more like a conversation. Hmm. Uh, the color blue is asking the color orange hmm. about how it feels, feels to be orange. Because you know, the color blue is always associated with being aloof. The color blue is you know like that lonely color on the snow capped mountain peak and there'll be there will be rarely anyone you know who'll climb that peak and understand the true meaning of that solitude whereas orange orange is associated with happiness it's always associated with people with belonging with passion with kisses with you know, restlessness. And to me, I think uh, blue is that heavy colour which holds a lot in itself. So, it's almost like, you know, someone who is going through the lows of life, through Mm. sorrow and sadness is asking somebody else, you know, how it feels to be so happy. Mm. And then orange replies that, you know, they're meant to merge to one. That, you know, a flame is orange on the outside, but because yeah, it has, it's, it's blue in the middle. Mm. The orange sun melts into the blue, the turquoise mm-hmm. night and, you know, how the restless urge to write and express yourself might feel orange, but that translates to the blue ink on paper. It's, it's more about, uh, it can just be a conversation between colours, it can be imagination, it can, you know, just take you through this journey, leave you with your own questions. And it can also be an acknowledgement that that you know there's no emotion that you should just shut down. Hmm. There's no one emotion which is really happy. You know, I think uh, in our generation, if you talk about emotions, then happiness, you know, is that popular kid on campus. Yeah, everyone wants to appear as happy as they can your instagram feeds they're filled with people who are always telling you i am so happy look at me what you know look at me look at my partner look at my family look at my job look at my wealth look at what i'm eating
1: hmm.
0: but everyone hides their sadness everyone yeah. has it
1: yeah, everyone does so yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's,
0: it's just a to, you know, say that emotions are meant to tumble into each other.
1: You have to express it it at the end. That's that's the main part. But the thing is, the way you wrote it, because see, it is very simple to to hear, but to write and to imagine and to put that concept of orange and blue, it's hats off, really hats off to you how you wrote it. Because now when you explain to me, yes, it sounds simple. But it must have taken a lot of time, a lot of effort, a lot of imagination to sit down and write this. So, beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. So now let's go to the next thing, which is longing.
0: So I'll read this piece from the section I long. And uh, this piece is called The Last Flight. I have longed for wings my whole life. But now, I wish at times to trade them for roots. I'm a little tired of building nests of moss and twigs, suspended in chaos, unable to keep me warm on cold winter nights. I fit cotton candy clouds, empty parks bursting with memories, and laughter around the dining table into a suitcase, ready to leave home once again, To mould other houses into shapes I can dissolve in, like a caterpillar in a cocoon, safe in darkness, reminding me faintly of cold nights and heavy quilts that I leave behind. But every sunset, peach-like, which I could bite into, goads me on, to leap behind my shadows and fly with rusted wings, a little bit longer to resist the temptation of rest and float instead into the lap of imagination one last time
1: oh this was also completely different how do you imagine this like what's your process when you when you write what's your process do you like Have you taken down this through someone's life? It's from your experience or it's just your imagination when you write all this?
0: I think there is uh, a basic inkling of, you know, what I want to express. There is some sort of longing. Like, you know, in this poem, the person is saying that uh, I've always wanted wings, but now I want roots. Mm. You start by reading and you feel that, you know, whoever is writing this is really tired. Mm. But then that person wants to take one last flight. She says that, you know, I still won't give up. I'll uh, I'll have to leave the comfort of my home. I'll pack all these memories, the, you know, the memories of empty parking lots, mm. of laughter at the dining table. I'll pack all of that in a suitcase and I'll take that with me and I'll fly with rusted wings because I long, I long to create something more, I'll go beyond my comfort zone and I'll take one last leap into imagination.
1: It's quite beautiful because I feel that there is a lot of emotions uh, which you have and you have expressed that in words and it has come out really beautiful. Uh, If you have any message to the bookmakers or to Mr. Sohel Mathur, or to the people who are listening, you can just share a small message to them.
0: So, I just want to say thank you. I first want to say thank you to everyone who has taken out the time to listen to this conversation and to everyone who is going to make the decision to read the book. Because I feel uh, especially for poetry, you know, Hmm. it's not uh, like you watch a movie and it's already there, you know, it's already alive, you're just watching it. Mm. But a piece of poetry comes alive when you imagine it in your head. Mm. There's no blue or orange in the book. Mm. When you choose to read it, when you choose to interpret it, you create meaning, you create stories, Mm. you create color and scenery in your own head. So, the process of writing poetry is incomplete if there is no reader to interpret it. So, thank you so much for uh, taking out the time to reading my work and uh, making it a part of your lives. And thank you, Sohail. Thank you, the Book Bakers for making the journey of publishing such an easy one. Because I've heard stories of authors wherein, uh, you know, that is a proper horror story. <laughs> You know, when it, you go from publisher to publisher, and thankfully, I didn't have to go through the process. Sohil mm. took care of everything, mm. and uh, genuinely, a very, very resourceful and friendly agency to work with.
1: Yeah, the book bakers, so, Mr. Sohil Mathur. He is the hero, he's the superhero. Yes.
0: <laughs> yeah, so he is the hero in the land of uh, first time authors, no? Because you approach all these publishers, so many people are writing, yeah. they're not going to take the time out, you know, to ensure that the right person is reading the right kind of material. Right, yeah. Someone might get your book who's not your target audience at all. Hmm. So it's really important to have someone who knows the ins and outs of the industry hmm. and who knows the right people to pitch the right genre of book to, right, which yeah. is why i am all in for uh, literary agencies and the book makers.
1: yes yes you did the right choice and before we go out also like to tell our listeners that once you read the book the stories will stay with you for a while because after having a conversation with Sana and after her narration, it has, you know, sunk into me the stories, whatever she, I mean, the poetries, whatever she has narrated. So, you guys are going to really enjoy this read. So, thank you, uh, Sana, for coming on my show. And, and... don't
0: zone out while reading. That. That's
1: <laughs> yeah. <all. laughs> yeah. yeah, don't zone out. After that, you can. Well, I hope you enjoyed the episode. Thanks for listening. Thanks for supporting. And I will see you in my next episode with another Another exciting topic, since you know my podcast has only one rule and that is no topic is off limits. Thanks once again and ciao.